Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to give you the headlines so you can get caught up quickly. You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Monday, May 10th. 2021 in the Gregorian calendar. That's the 28th of Iyar, 5781 in the Hebrew calendar. Today is Yom Yerushalayim, or the celebration of Jerusalem's independence. It is also my Hebrew birthday. My English birthday and Hebrew birthday were actually only one day apart this year. That's very unusual. Now, let's get to the news. Unrest in Israel's capital continued throughout the weekend and into this morning and into this afternoon as Arab Israelis held demonstrations in Jerusalem, leading to violence between protesters and Israeli police officers. The latest violence came on the eve of Yom Yerushalayim parades in the Old City, despite warnings from former security officials that the events could lead to a further unwanted escalation. Yom Yerushalayim celebrates the unification of Jerusalem during the Six-Day War in 1967. The parades, which draw tens of thousands of participants annually, usually proceed into the Old City via the Damascus Gate through the Muslim Quarter and toward the Western Wall, ending there. However, the Damascus Gate and Old City have turned into hotbeds of violence within the last handful of days. One of the issues is that police officers were barricading and cordoning off the area of the steps outside the Damascus Gate so that people couldn't sit there. And it has become an unofficial tradition for Muslim worshipers to come down from the Temple Mount and sit at the Damascus Gate during Ramadan. So once that became an issue, the tension rose. There was a major eruption of violence on the Temple Mount Friday night with Muslim worshipers hurling stones at Israeli police. The Temple Mount, if you don't know, is also referred to as the Dome of the Rock, and it's the gold shiny dome that you see on postcards from Jerusalem. Clashes broke out again between Israeli forces and Palestinian demonstrators in East Jerusalem's Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood Sunday night, which has taken center stage due to the potential eviction of around 70 Palestinian residents. According to the courts, the Palestinians live there in houses built on land owned by Jewish religious organizations that have owned that property even from before 1948 when the state of Israel was officially established. Israel's Supreme Court has canceled a hearing scheduled for Monday, or today, amid the violence. The case is meant to determine whether the eviction of the Palestinian families in Sheikh Jarrah is legal or not. Arab Israelis demonstrated not just in Jerusalem, but across the entire country, in the northern cities of Haifa and Nazareth, as large swaths of protesters lined the city's main streets carrying Palestinian flags and calling for an end to all settlements. Rockets were fired from the Gaza Strip toward Ashkelon Sunday night. One of the rockets was intercepted by the Iron Dome defense system, and the IDF responded with aerial assaults on Hamas outposts. The rocket attacks came after Israel announced it was closing the Gaza Strip's fishing zone in a response to dozens of incendiary balloons launched throughout the day. So those are balloons that burst into flames. 
In an effort to keep down the violence, the government closed the Temple Mount to all Jews today. Sometimes Jews are allowed to go up to the Temple Mount and pray there, even though it is technically Jordanian authority once you get up into that top area on the mount. Reports say nearly 300 Palestinians have been hurt during rioting and clashing with police officers who often use rubber-tipped bullets to disperse crowds and force people back. 21 police officers are hurt. One Israeli Christian Arab police officer has been highlighted on social media as a target. Islamic groups have been sharing his photo on Twitter, asking people to locate him and kill him. They're calling him an Arab traitor. They even listed the details of where he lives. Hamas has told Israel if they don't remove their forces from the area of the Temple Mount by 6 p.m. Israel time, which, by the way, already passed at the time of this recording, that it would call for a full-on attack. They also demand Israel release the Arabs arrested during the chaotic riots over the weekend. Hamas sent another rocket attack today, but the missile didn't make it over the border into Israel. They also sent balloons, which burst into flames and caused six fires in southern Israel. Ashkelon and other locations in the south are opening bomb shelters and preparing hospitals. Prime Minister Netanyahu is having a high-level security meeting with his colleagues as we speak. Flights are being diverted and planes are being sent away from the airspace hovering over the Gaza Strip and south of Israel. And this just in, six new rockets have come into Israel during the time that I wrote this script. Photos are emerging of people ducking for cover, bending down under seats of city buses, and little kids being cordoned off to the side, putting their hands over their head in cover. The Arab Ra'am party, whose support is crucial for the change bloc to form a coalition, is expected to support a unity government led by Yamina's Naftali Bennett and Yesh Atid's chair, Yair Lapid. In return, the unity government has reportedly agreed to honor a list of demands, including the funds to fight violent crime in the Arab community and the recognition of three Bedouin communities in the Negev that are currently considered illegal. Both of these issues have been going on for a while, and the fight to end violent crime in the Arab community is one that I have been reporting on since the day my pinky toe entered Israel. So we can say coming up on two to three years, and that's not even the half of it. If Bennett and Lapid are successful, it will mark the first Israeli government dependent on the support of an Arab party. Netanyahu tried to form a coalition with Ra'am's support during his mandate period, but he failed because the far-right religious Zionism party, which is actually Netanyahu's closest ally, refuses to work with the Arabs. So I'm going to explain that if you don't understand. Netanyahu has a party, but his party isn't big enough to form a government. He needs the support of other parties in order to get those 61 seats, and he himself only was able to pull in 30 with his Likud party. So the religious Zionists, who are the members of a party, they refuse to sit down and work with the Ra'am party, which is an Arab party, but it's also a Muslim Brotherhood offshoot, which means that they are highly anti-Zionistic. These two parties refused to work with one another, so that didn't work for Netanyahu. Negotiating teams have reportedly agreed that during the first year, 
a new government would avoid any major ideological issues unless there would be a broad agreement on these items. The idea is to avoid confrontations between new members who hold drastically different views on key issues. So to that end, Bennett who, again, he's the head for Yamina, which is a right-wing party, is telling his party members he will continue the same policy as Netanyahu as it applies to the West Bank, not annexing territory or setting up new settlements, but not freezing construction in existing Jewish communities. Additionally, the government will set up a state commission which will look into last month's tragedy on Mount Maron. So these are a couple of the items that Bennett is looking to pursue. And again, if you missed the headline, the Arab Ra'am party is planning to support a unity government between Yamina's Naftali Bennett, who I just mentioned, and Yeshatid chair Yair Lapid, who is more of a centrist or maybe even left at some times. If you are getting caught up on your Israel Daily News, which you totally need to be because things are crazy right now, and you consider yourself an Israel Daily News podcaster, which you should, support this show. I'm looking to gain a new round of paid subscribers so that we can continue to run this show daily. Send over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm backslash Israel Daily News backslash support. Thank you to our most recent paid subscriber, Rena Board, who just became a paid subscriber of the Israel Daily News podcast. She listens daily, and she, I know that she's been passing the show on to her friends. Thank you so much, Ms. Board. We do have one central link in the show notes. You can click on that and it will take you to the page where you can make a contribution and feel good knowing that you are supporting independent journalism. You can also support us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. You can share the show with a friend and you can support us just by following us on social media at israeldaily.news as well as Shanafold. That's S-H-A-N-N-A-F-U-L-D. For the first time, two safety agents are being called in and detained by police for questioning after signing off that the Mount Maron area was indeed safe for the annual Lag Baomer festival. Police also went into the offices of these two engineers to investigate. The country's comptroller has also announced he'll be investigating the tragedy further as an increasing number of demands for these types of investigations continue to roll out. 45 people died and more than 150 were injured when a chaotic stampede formed on Mount Maron while festival goers were praying, partying, and dancing. The mountain is the gravesite of a prominent 2nd century rabbi, and people come year after year to pray and celebrate his life and his contributions to the world of Kabbalah on this mountaintop. This year's celebration comes as Israel opens up with nearly the whole country vaccinated and COVID-free. Really, life is back to normal there, according to my friends and colleagues. We've found in our reporting that many say this year's policing activity on the mountain was more felt than in years past when the mountain played host to even more than 100,000 people. So this year there were 100,000, but according to my sources, and I've been here before, I've been to Mount Maroon before, according to my sources who've been for upwards of two decades, there was more of a police presence on Mount Maroon this year. Many believe that due to police bottlenecking, it actually, instead of helping people hurt people because people had to be confined to more narrow spaces and they weren't allowed to freely flow with the crowd. 
Well, we are going to keep you up to date on what comes out of these two investigations. An oil lamp from approximately 2,000 years ago was discovered in Jerusalem last week. Talk about genie in a bottle. The lamp is a rare find shaped like the left half of a man's face. Shortly after the lamp was found, a Hungarian archaeologist contacted the Israeli Antiquities Authority, believing that he had the matching half of the lamp. This oil lamp, found in Budapest, is theorized to be from the same time period as the one found in Jerusalem. The two lamps have virtually the same dimensions, and there's a connecting piece that indicates they're meant to be put together. The Israeli archaeologists are pleasantly shocked. They always thought the lamp was made in Europe, but they could not have guessed there would have been a matching half that was already discovered in the West. How cool is that? I wonder what the story behind that is. All right, well, that is it for today's show, and it was quite a lot. Today is Monday, May 10th, 2021. Tel Aviv has a low of 19 degrees Celsius and a high of 27 degrees. That is 67 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 80 degrees for the high. Now, I just want to answer some questions here. A lot of people have been asking me when I am getting back into Israel. I just want to give a brief update. I am being held up. I am waiting for the Jewish agency to approve me. They've asked me for additional paperwork. I had to prove that I went on a tour of Israel in 2016. I had to get a letter of participation. That had to be sent to another government office. So if you're wondering when I am going to get my two little feet back on the ground in Israel, your guess is as good as mine, but I am hoping to get full clearance very soon and get back to my bootstrap reporting as soon as possible. If you're confused, I am applying for full-blown citizenship, Israeli citizenship. I've been living in Israel for the last two years on a visa, and I don't want to be on a visa anymore. I want to be a full citizen. I want to be able to vote in the next election. And so I am going through this process from New York, which I thought was going to be much quicker than it actually is. So that is my update to all of you who are asking. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. I am everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. You will also get the Cliff Notes version of our original stories, investigations, and interviews. You can sign up by using the link in the show notes. I'll send you off today with Acumen by Erica Kral. She uses Ben-Gurion's speech from Independence Day and mixes it in with the rest of this electronic track. I think that is so cool. It is such a little piece of history in music. Enjoy it, get inspired, and have a great and productive week, everyone. Yes, you are. You cannot know. I'm not ready for it. 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 I'm not ready